on maynard.com.au. Good to go, Tim? Totally. Oh, let's go. Let's do it. Oh, a timer. A cold wind blows around Glebe Point Road. It swirls and the plastic bag goes around and round up in the air, just like the beginning of that movie where the guys get shot in the head at the end. You know the one, Tim. That movie where the guy's also doing something very, very bad in the beginning, and that's happening right here, right now. Things are looking bad. Things are looking dark. The country looks to anywhere. And then suddenly... Out of the distance, he comes. He's trim. He's together. He's crim. He's Invader Zim. He's on a whim. He can swim. It's Tim Ferguson in... Tim Ferguson. I mean myself. I'm also in... Bunga Bunga! Well, my name is Maynard. Hello and welcome. Once again, we're running around the thing. We're wheeling Tim across the road. Here we go. We're avoiding the cars. We're going past the chemist. to wave to all our friends. And here we are in Bunga Bunga 40. Bunga Bunga 40. Who would have thought? At 39, I thought we're pushing it too hard. We shouldn't have gone this far. But now we're hitting our 40s. Welcome to our show. There'll be this. I'm Reg, the uh, intelligent, handsome, Italian, tall, dark chap from uh, Mentals Anything. There'll be that thing. Hello, darling. And, of course, Tim will be talking about this. But one thing I won't put up with is this song. You gotta have boobs. No way, thank you. And rightfully so. First of all, Bunga Bunga News. Tim. I've just gotten back from the United Kingdom where the Doug Anthony All-Stars were playing at the Edinburgh Festival. It was our 30th anniversary from the 1987 season. It was great fun. We were back at the Pleasance, the same old stamping ground. It all went very well. The high point of the tour came in London at the Shepherd's Bush Empire, which is a venue like The Who used to play there. Winston Churchill used to give speeches there, and tonight... The Doug Anthony All-Stars, wearing pants. Or are they? It was a very moving evening for a lot of people. There were people sobbing by the end. You wiped them out in Edinburgh. It was really good to see Australian comedian Hannah Gatsby was winner of the big Edinburgh Fringe Park. The Perry Award, that the one? Yeah, it used to be the Perrier, but I think now it's just water. I'm going to use my time here tonight to just ask you all to consider legalising gay marriage. I just really need to make it hard for someone to leave me. We're immensely proud of her. Her show was quite extraordinary. If you haven't seen Hannah Gatsby perform, that's why your haircut is terrible. Get around to it as fast as you can. The woman is a genius. It was Alice R. Fraser and Reese Nicholson there. Alice R. Fraser was all over the Edinburgh Festival. I've given up reading women's magazines. They make you feel weird about your body. They make you kind of hate yourself. And then I'm also a feminist. So when I hate myself, I also hate myself for hating myself. She was the word on everybody's lips. Well, it was two words. Reese Nicholson was there. I lost my virginity when I was 17, quite late in Newcastle, but I made up for lost time. I lost it to a guy that had a penis that could easily feed a family of four. It, it was 
Tom Ballard. He was there doing incredibly big houses. There's a story of a gay guy coming to Australia to seek asylum. He'd be killed for being gay in his home country and he had to go before the Refugee Review Tribunal in order to prove that he really was gay. They asked him to name off the top of his head five Madonna songs. <laughs> That's the rigorous system. Five Madonna... Which is a high bar, by the way. I'm a gay Australian born and raised. I couldn't name you five Madonna songs. I don't have time to listen to five Madonna songs. I'm too busy sucking cock, right? What are we doing? Doing really new, interesting stuff that the Brits, they attempt, but the Australians bring a certain oomph to it. Let's get this into perspective. How many comedy shows were going on? How many comedy shows were going on? There were 1,200 comedic shows performing 20 times that number of performances. It was huge. There are three and a half thousand acts at the Edinburgh Fringe. The competition is mental. It's insane. So when an act like Laura Davis comes from Australia for the first time to the Edinburgh Festival and sells out at the Edinburgh Festival, it just proves something's going on because people literally have 1,200 other things they could be doing. The other week for International Women's Day, people freaked out because they changed not all, but some of the green men on the crossings to green women. People couldn't deal with it. They freaked out. Where's Greeny? What did you do with him? He's my friend. Everyone knows that MS is not your biggest disability. Your biggest disability is Paul Livingston and Paul McDermott. How were they as a burden while you were overseas? I had a scooter so I could get around on the cobblestones without any trouble at all. An electric scooter. I was like a killer on the road. Whereas, of course, Paul and Paul had to carry the guitar cases and the bags. They complained just about having to breathe in and out remorselessly every day. So here they were in Edinburgh having a very, very hard time emotionally having to carry stuff, including my stuff. We've discussed you um, getting around electrically here in Glebe, and the main reason you don't do it here is because of the weight. It's a bit fiddly to have a device like that around. Has it changed your mind having one? Oh, yeah, I really loved it, particularly if I'm going to be in the UK where it's cobblestones as far as the eye can see it was good because i could have this wheel machine and like a rental car i could drive the crap out of it and not worry about it and hand it back a rattling piece of junk it'd be good to have a little sidecar too you could sit in the sidecar we could rev around they could say wow one of them's disabled and one of them's just lazy Those white supremacists in the US, they're giving those Nazis a bad name. Oh, yeah. Certainly the Nazis dressed a lot better than those yokels. I've done almost nothing while I've been away, Tim. I've been uh, begging for money, doing tricks for cash, I believe it's known as, as well in the business. Did two gigs. One of them that I will not mention, because it's not very often you wish your audience to die in a fire, but this was one of those episodes, Tim. Wow, you became Carrie? Yeah, you with your dirty pillows, Maynard. Going... And staring at people... A new romantic set at the Electronic Nightclub. I know that's one of your favourite places, Tim. They had something similar in the streets of Edinburgh where occasionally, every night, at the same time, 
a hundred people would go past wearing earphones, singing along dance hits of the 70s, 80s, 90s and beyond. So it was a moving silent disco. Yeah, it was a moving silent disco. You could shout abuse at them because they couldn't hear anything. I made sure I was shouting abuse, but with a smile on my face so they didn't realise it was abuse. You're a selfish, rude arrogant prick. When I did the New Romantic set, Tim, I realised that I was going to be playing lots of songs with pretentious lyrics. So, as any sensible DJ should do, I made a whole bunch of signs up. I mean, really, mixing the songs is not the hard bit. Making the signs is the hard bit. You've got to have a sign that says pretentious bit. You've got to have a sign that says at least poor use of metaphor, which comes in handy when you're playing New Order. Lamange living on the ceiling. That's a very poor use of metaphor. Living on the ceiling, no more room down there. Things fall into place, you get the job to fall into place. And I'm so tall, I'm so tall. You raise me and then you let me fall. And I'm so small, I'm so small. Wrap me around your finger, see me fall. Here we go. Did you have a sign that says, I've got a ping pong ball stuck in my throat? <laughs> the neo-romantics all had that. Let's have a listen to any of the neo-romantics and you hear the... Uh. where I managed to put a trench coat on and wander silently through the audience during the ABC's All of My Heart. As Martin Fry did in the film clip, all I needed was a fedora. Just imagine me wandering through an audience for no apparent reason during this track. Yes, I Without a fedora, it didn't have the impact. But you did have 99 red balloons with you, and that was a giveaway. I know when you get up in the morning, you like to put inspiring music on. Yeah, I've been listening to ACDC's classic track from the Ball Breaker album, Cover You in Oil. The chorus singing the words, I want to cover you in oil, 32 times. Going away for a short verse of metaphors, and then coming back and singing again for 64 times, I want to cover you in oil. Let's hear a little bit. It's really quite life-affirming. I think he's trying to tell us something. 
That's the news, but something you're really big into is fake news. So I think it's over to Tim with the fake news. Bunga Bunga 40, fake news. The fake news. It's fake, phony, fake. I love it. I love it. Biggest way. Fake news you can trust. Anti-burka, anti-breastfeeding activist can explain. A senator for the One Nation Front has decried burka head coverings and public breastfeedings in the same breath. Faces should be nude. Boobs should not be nude. We suggest boobs be covered in burkas, little burkas, little black burkas. Covering your face is offensive. Uncovering your bangers is worse. And babies who breastfeed should hide their little heads in shame. Shame, babies, shame. We suggest a baby burka. Thank you to the One Nation Front. It's fake, phony, fake. In further news, a conspiracy theorist is happy someone is secretly in control. A pale and twitching conspiracy theorist has declared he should stop worrying. I used to be scared of the evil tendrils of global domination, he said. But I can relax now that I know the World Trade Organization, United Nations and the Wiggles are in the control of hidden forces. Whatever the problem, the far-reaching claws of the sinister cabal will fix it. And that's fake news for this week. And over to Maynard for the sport. Go for it! This just in, a man in Morunga has pissed his pants. That's not sport. (laughs) That's very sporting of him. It's not without risk. Well, I can't put it in the weather. The fake news. It's fake. Phony. Fake. I love it. I love it. Biggest way. Bunga Bunga 40. You know, when we first did this a while ago in our James Bond lair at your home with Kittler. Oh, how is Kittler, by the way? He's going very well. I mean, he's making plans. I can see he's making plans. But for the time being, he seems relaxed. Who would have thought that we would have done 40 shows? Who would have thought anyone would want 40 shows? Well, we still haven't proved that. No, that's true. We've got to get through this one. Keep pushing, keep pushing. Clear, clear. Maynard's Money Shot Theatre. Yeah. It's where we do some dialogue from an actual naughty movie. And the one we've picked today is... Dick for Debt. Dick for debt. If you're in debt, call Dick. I'm here from the Debt Collection Agency. I hear you have overspent on your credit card. There must be something I can do. And scene. That's really Dick for Debt. Olive Glass at her best. Money Shot Theatre, and don't say we don't give you the arts. Wow. Look at Richard Saunders. Look at that look of disapproval on Saunders' face. Oh, yeah, it's porn free. Porn Porn free. Oh, look, I was a big fan of Vic Reeves' version of. to make a t-shirt that says porn again christian well there'd be no shortage of choices of graphics for that one why don't we have a look in the bug out bag what's in maynard's bug out bag 
This school report is folded as it was when I was in year nine. Tim, read some of the comments on me in year nine. It's so good to see cursive script writing. We have the PE teacher saying Maynard tries during PE, which is a very positive outcome. But then from the principal, Maynard has a potential. And that's nice to know. (laughs) Maynard has potential, but he lacks maturity and sense, which is holding his efforts back. Well, Maynard, you were a kid. Of course you lack maturity. When are you supposed to get maturity? We don't have maturity yet. That was me in year nine. But still, in the long run, it turns out they were right. And you turned that lack of maturity into a career. Something that schools should learn. Remind children to be children for the rest of their lives. That being a grown-up is, in fact, a fantasy. So if you wrote that on someone's school report now, Tim, there'd be a legal case involved, probably. Oh, yeah, you're not allowed to say anything that is discouraging. That PE teacher was years ahead of his time. Yeah, in the old days, if you were a stupid kid, you got told. You're basically pretty stupid! These days, if you're a stupid kid, you're just encouraged to try thinking. And that's what's in Maynard's bug out bag. A note that reminds me that no matter what I do, I will fail. And good on you in that endeavour. Time to thank our Patreons. These are the people that help keep the whole show afloat and keep the whole little boat rowing in the correct direction. We'd like to thank our new Patreons that are on board, Victoria Redfern, Yvonne Dunn and Stuart Dundas. Aren't they nice people? Oh, wonderful people. Thank you so much for getting on Patreon. First of all, the heavy hitters, these people are the ones that account for more than half the money in one go, and that is Panda Paws, Nick Andrew, Andrew Waddington, thank you very much, Peter Young, Stuart Dundas, and Natasha Critter, thank you very much. Frankie Lee, Norman Fox, Richard Wright, and isn't he all the time? Mel Wielden, God bless that girl. James Trevina, Gregory Doraris, Yvonne Dunn, Stephanie Spears, and F. Carmichael. I like that it's just F. If your initials are F and C, why do anything else? Kirsty Shields, we got Katie, there's Lindley Kissick, who's overseas at the moment. Craig Walker, legend. Katrina Hale, Jeremy Kirkwood of the Kirkwood family, and Tony Eels, a very good bicycle rider when he was a little kid. Daniel, John, Spud, Danny Matthews, and we'd like to thank Penny Obeid. Glad you didn't go to jail. Howard Lovett. Grant McCarran, Rachel Dunlop, Dr. Reggie, Shell Lancaster, Leonie Lynch, Mark Kirby, Jody Sutcliffe, Dana H. That was a movie. Kath Reed, Nick McCarty, Sue Weldon, Sammy Satine, Michael Hamm, Eva, Emily Short, Daryl Adams, David Hickey, Sinferelli Eva, and Rebecca Jones. God bless all those people. Thank you so much for being on Patreon. And you can get on board with all the Patreons at patreon.com slash Maynard. Patreon.com slash Maynard. Hello, Maynard. Get on board and be one of these sacred, revered people. And by God, I mean whatever you think God is. Some people call it the universe. Some people call it the dark one. Let's open the crank mail. Crank mail, crank mail, crank mail. Our first piece of crank mail comes from Posty Lindley, who's on holiday in Japan at the moment, and she wants to know, why does Godzilla hate Japan so much, Tim? I told her it's a metaphor, but you've got a better answer. Godzilla 
has little affection for Japan because it was Japan fooling around with nuclear weapons that helped create Godzilla. But let's face it, Godzilla is really just trying to communicate. He's just trying to be friends, but people keep shooting at him because of his appearance. Another reason you may have overlooked there, Tim, because I know you went into that fairly deeply, is that the Japanese banking system is probably one of the most highly regulated in the world. And I think Godzilla is an open market and is against banking regulation. And that's what the whole thing he's trying to get across is. Your SRD ratios are far too high. And they certainly are, Maynard. The other thing is Godzilla is a big fan of 1980s architecture, the decorative arch that was in all buildings. He has to go through Tokyo again and again and again, knocking all those buildings down. And all he's really saying when he roars is, I ask for decorative arches. Well, I hope you're happy with that, but probably not. Posty Lindley. Do you get, do you get the crank mail? No. Grant McCarran wants to know, is your hovercraft still full of eels? Yes, it is still full of eels. And I don't mind the squirming feeling, but certainly I don't let anybody else ride on it. Crank mail. Oliver Udall, one of my favourite names, Oliver Udall. What is your position on horror films, Tim Ferguson? Usually cringing in my chair. Horror films really get me. They scare the pants off me. I keep trying to remind myself they're just actors. It doesn't matter if actors get eaten by ghosts or get the blood sucked out of them, or if they get their heads chopped off by masked men. But some of those actors I start to care about. What's your scariest one? Because you'd be one of those guys that likes the writing where you don't actually see the monster. The Shining, would that be one of the most scary horror films? I can't get out! Yeah, The Shining is psychologically very unnerving, but Jaws. Jaws gets me every time I could watch that film again and again. The... The damn shark doesn't turn up for over an hour in George. I recommend there's a book called It's Not About the Shark, which is an explanation of how you can do lots of things without actually being obvious. The script for Jaws, when they said, well, what's going on here? And I believe the script writer said, it's not about the shark. It's about people being scared of the shark. Oh, yeah, and we were all scared of the shark. When we actually saw the shark at the end of the day, it was a big rubber shark that didn't look all that realistic. Hello, hello! But it didn't matter because we were invested in the terror. Crank mail! Stuart Dundas writes, it's a political one here, so we're going to send this to our political desk over there with Tim. Are the One Nation Party more or less unhinged than the UK Independence Party? So I guess he means UKIP. And then on a lighter note... Pineapple on pizza, tasty treat or hate crime? In advance of the first question, yes, they are as unhinged as their British UKIP friends. Nigel Farage, much better spoken and vocabulary. Oh, that's true. He went to one of those middle-range schools, one of the Catholic ones, that are tolerated as being an educational institution in Britain. I did like it when Nigel Farage would do his takedown of the, the head of the European Union by asking stuff like, Who are you? You have the charisma of a damp rag and the appearance of a low-grade bank clerk. Who are you? I'd never heard of you. Nobody in Europe had ever heard of you. You appear to have a loathing for the very concept of the existence of nation states. Perhaps that's because you come from Belgium, which of course is pretty much a non-country. I would always go for the homespun Pauline Hanson. A lot of land is destroying the income stream to news agents and we need to say no more. And her little plucky friend Malcolm Roberts who is the only person I've heard who can convincingly argue that gravity is not real. 
Really? Yep, the moon is flat and gravity is not real. And go, Malcolm. I kind of like the way Pauline squints as well. There's something very endearing. You'd be pretty annoyed that Nick Xenophon has combined with her recently. Yeah, Nick, did it never occur to you that going home and saying, hey, honey, I teamed up with One Nation today was a bad thing? Did it never actually occur to you? What did I say before about One Nation? Everything good is bad. Nick Xenophon, thanks very much for handing the world's media the power to run the Australian media. From now on, perhaps you should just get back in your box. Crank mail! And our last question comes from a constant critic of the show and someone who is always riding our bunga, Daryl Adams. While everyone else is taking the crank mail seriously, I have to ask, why do you people want our feedback? Who are you? I'd never heard of you. You people. We want your feedback because you like to feel that your feedback is being heard and read. It's not so much that we take it to heart, which is why we're always happy to hear from Daryl Adams, who clearly hates the show. It's the same reason that they're having a same-sex postal ballot. There's the illusion of caring about the outcome. Yes, it's important to seem like you actually do care about what people think. So keep that crank mail coming, but don't forget it is called crank mail. And I don't think we're the cranks in this equation. Let's zip up the crank mail. Crank mail, crank mail, crank mail. Some um, hard-hitting questions there, Tim. Daryl Adams, always too hard, too hard. I'm sure he's paying that lousy kid. There he goes. That kid, that lousy kid, he went out on a limb. Well, we're watching the missile launch in North North Korea. Korea. On their public holiday. And you and I both had the day off to celebrate as well. It's a great place to go because everything's cheap. We're watching this rocket take off. And what do we hear? And I like how he waited till the sound got a little bit away. What I can't figure out is he also booed the Russians launching the cruise missile into ISIS in Syria from a submarine. How did he do that? (laughs) How did he do that? Here's a request from the sound archives. This is where Tim asks for something that I've actually recorded in the Maynard International Studio sound archive. The hunt for Red October was finally finished when they heard a small leak. I present you the ballistic missile submarine Red October. And there it is. As soon as they heard that, they knew they had Red October. Let's hear that sound again. That's totally nuclear submarine leak. And that was the moment that Sean Connery's perfect Russian accent was undone. New Parosky. And they went, hang on, that's James Bond. He's one of those Scottish Russians. They get around. Our Ukrainian correspondent, George Harab, says that because he can speak Russian, the beginning of that movie is abhorrent. He said it is the worst Russian with the worst accents before they turn it into English. He said that is very difficult to watch as someone who actually knows Russian. Well, you know, you lost the Cold War. Get over it. (laughs) I was listening to a conspiracy show this morning, and no joke, this is what they said. I think it was Guns and Butter, actually. Guns and Butter. This person actually said that he has never known a leader of Russia to be criticised as much as Putin. I'm sure someone had a bad word about Stalin somewhere along the line. 
I'm sure that came up. Then again, you know, with Stalin, most of the people who criticised him were killed. That's true. Although there was that young child that went out on limbo. Yeah, that little boy. There he was. He's like the zelig of history. He was on the roof of the tractor factory booing at the time. Time for Tim's historical hypothetical. This is where... We put Tim Ferguson in a place in history and ask him, what would you have done, smartass? Are you ready, Tim Ferguson, to change history? Yes, I'm ready. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. Tim has been Hillary Clinton. He's been Mary Antoinette. He's even been Schrodinger's cat. Tim Ferguson, the year 1854. (gasps) I know this year. I know this year. The place... Ballarat East, Victoria, Australia. That's just down the road from the KFC. You are Peter Layla. You and the Irish and a few other people, obviously, are objecting to the expense of the miner's licence to mine gold in Victoria. After a possible boozy night, your Eureka stockade is stormed by 276 soldiers and police at 3am Sunday morning. You are Peter Layla, leader of the rebellion... What do you do? Well, you do what people in East Ballarat always do. Of course. You just ignore them, you switch on the telly, you grab a bucket bonk, you have a couple of tubies and just sit back and complain. Not happy, Jan! So your answer would be pull a cone. Yeah, or invent something. So you could say Eureka. Just as well they came up with the term Eureka because otherwise every time somebody has a scientific revelation, they would have to shout, East Ballarat! Tim Ferguson would have pretended nothing was going on. Well, the police would have turned up and you'd go, what? We're just sitting here, what? Yeah, it's not our fault. This has happened again and again. You East Ballarat compers are all the same. We're just sitting here listening to some John Williamson records and you've annoyed us. Now, I can't fly, but I'm telling you, I can run the pants of a kangaroo, but I do. Hope the staff are leaving the cafe, Tim. What's going on here at the Madame Fru Food? We've had some wonderful food, great coffee. We've scared away all of the clientele. And we can do that for your venue. Tim's historical hypothetical, fixing history, making it right, and pointing us in perhaps an ambivalent direction. This is a show that's been very powerful. This is a show that has moved many people, sometimes to the next suburb. Look, let's cut this farce out right now. What we want to say is that Tim has a right of reply to a question that's never been asked. He's going to get his little orange box, we're going to put a little ramp on it so he can push himself up there, because it's time for Tim Ferguson's right of reply to a question nobody asked. Don't expect too much. Tim. When we were teenagers, we thought the world was going to end. The idea of nuclear obliteration was entirely possible with Russia and America facing each other with thousands, literally thousands of nuclear weapons pointed at each other. My fellow Americans, I'm pleased to tell you today that I've signed legislation that will outlaw Russia forever. We begin bombing in five minutes. I was a teenager in Canberra for that time, and I've got to say we thought Canberra was definitely a good target, and why wouldn't it be? Well, I'd like to congratulate the millennials for being the first generation since our stupid generation to be living under a nuclear cloud with Kim Jong, what's-his-face, and Donald J. Who's-it pointing 
missiles at each other and arcing up their rhetoric, they're rattling their sabres. Welcome to our nervous youth, you little piglings. What suggestions would you have for them? Obviously in Canberra it certainly felt like the end of the world, but what did you do to alleviate that feeling? We mostly got drunk and started fights. But for these days, I think if you're a millennial and you are worried about nuclear obliteration, get my coffee. Don't expect too much. Tim, serve it up to the millennials whether they want dessert or not. Tim, I believe it's been a stunning show today. I believe we've changed parts of the world that may never be the same again. Richard Saunders hasn't had much to say, but now's his chance. Uh, and he's missed it. There you go. Richard Saunders from The Skeptics here at the Madame Frufru Cafe. And Tim, I'm in a new romantic mood. Let's put the ping pong balls in our throats and go for it. He's been Tim Ferguson. And he's been Maynard. You've been listening to Bunga Bunga 40, as we like to say. Bunga Bunga.
On maynard.com.au. AU. Bryson and Hume. Everything digital.